Hi everyone, this is Timbuktu Ali and welcome to No Time to Watch TV Podcast. This space is dedicated to mompreneurs where we have conversations around is it possible to find balance while being a boss? I absolutely love having guests that holds the key to information that I have thought about before. And I know that if I've thought about it before, that some listeners definitely have thought about it before. So let me just welcome to the show, Aaron B&B super host and STR coach, Brianne. Good morning. I am doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. So let's jump right into it. First, can you explain what STR means and how did you get started in this industry? Sure. So STR is short-term rentals. Um, And so I, Backspace back in 2021, was bored in the pandemic, um, was very eager to learn about how to build an additional stream of income. And I had just bought a house, but knew I wanted to get into some form of real estate eventually. And Earn Your Leisure is a podcast that I was listening to religiously. Every Monday, we listened to their Market Monday series on YouTube for hours. Because what else did we have to do during the pandemic? And one session that they did was on rental arbitrage and starting an Airbnb business without owning property. And so um, when I ran the numbers and I started to see like, whoa, I could start a business that is scalable within only using about, at the time I used about $5,000 in my investment. And I was like, okay, this is doable. It's not like I have to put down 20% on a, on a house. And it's something where I could actually control, um, you know, how much I scaled, how, how quickly I scaled. And so when I saw the opportunity, of course, I went through months of like doubt and questioning whether or not I could actually do it. But I did end up investing in a coach and um, that was in like mid 2021. And then by January 2022, I got my first unit and here we are a little over a year later with over $200,000 in revenue. Wow. That is mind blowing. And congratulations. That is such a big accomplishment. So just as a woman and also I'm a mother, but one of the things that's important to me is just stability. So I'm a Mm. true believer in having multiple streams of income. One of the things that my business tries to do is invest in other products or services so that I can accomplish the goal of having multiple streams of income. Why do you think it's important to have a coach through this process as far as short-term rental? Why do you think that part is beneficial to go through this process? Well, one, I would say coaches provide, well, if coaching is done correctly, it provides you with a streamlined step-by-step process to be able to navigate the journey of whatever business you are aspiring to grow. And so I think like with coaching, it's it takes all of the guesswork out of like, okay, how do I piece together this thing I saw on Instagram and that thing I saw on Google and this thing that I am that I learned on YouTube. And instead it's it's one package where it's like, here's what you need to do. I will be here with you every step of the way. And here's, you know, the timeline in which you need to execute on this work. 
And so I 1000% recommend, of course, take your time at first, go through the YouTube videos, tickle yourself about like, okay, I could see this actually being a realistic venture for myself. But once you're ready to, well, I always say ready is not a feeling, it's a decision. So once you decide that you are ready to go forward, do make sure to invest in the coach so that you do have that guidance, you learn from their mistakes, and you're able to reach levels of success a lot faster than they were able to. So I'm very transparent with my students. I am not, I'm not afraid to share like the ups and downs of things, the lessons I've learned the hard way so that they're able to literally like bypass them and be like, okay, I'm glad I didn't have to, you know, go through that as well. So but I love to hear that in part of your coaching process, you already pretty much identify and share that you're actually given tangible steps for your students to follow. And I think that's really important because a lot of times people, I feel like coaching is like a buzzword right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I said that on another show, but there's a lot of coaches out here. And to your point, like in choosing the right one, probably will take a little research or just whatever industry you're, you're in. But what was important about what you said is that you already you provide steps. I think mm-hmm. that sometimes coaches are focused on the mindset and I get it because there are people that, you know, need to still overcome. Yeah, overcome, yeah. Like, believe that they can do it and mm-hmm. that they will be successful. How much of that do you encounter where you're actually having to change a person or student's mindset, or are you seeing that most of the people that join your coaching program are already there? They're ready to get started. They just need to know what to do. Um, no, I would say at least 80 to 90% of my students need that mindset support as well. And I do like on people who follow me on Instagram know that like, I am very vulnerable and transparent and I, would like to think that I come across as a like heart-centered coach who doesn't want to just be like, okay, here's the curriculum that go figure it out. Like I, I, I understand that there are ebbs and flows. There are ups and downs. You're not going to be getting right off the bat, every single apartment complex saying yes to you that they can, that you can operate in their complex. So I think more people, I think some people are a bit more open than others about like, Hey, this is what I'm navigating. Like, I'm frustrated. I've, I've reached out to three apartments and like they've all said no, but it's like, well, in the curriculum, I mentioned to you, like, you need to build a list of at least 10 to 20 and be okay with like navigating those rejections. And it comes over time, like that comfortability with rejection. But I will say that having that guidance and that support, whether it's support with the community that they have access to, or whether it's support from me, like having that encouragement along the way as you're navigating the journey. That's something that I wish I had from my coach when I had started. And that's something that I have baked into the way that I coach so that people don't feel like they're alone and don't feel like they are crazy or a failure for navigating like those rejections as they come. Absolutely. And I would uh, assume that that would be an important part because just within that industry, I would assume that there will be some rejection that comes with it. And just thinking about like the housing market, um, I believe both of us are in the Raleigh-Durham area. And yeah. um, I know we have to link up. Oh. And like, <laughs> I would think 
that it would be kind of challenging to find mm-hmm. properties. Obviously, it's not because you've been successful at it. But what with the current economy and the housing market, have you seen any type of changes or um, things that have have made a big impression on people getting short-term rentals? I mean, I will say that when you think of people traveling, there is definitely, um, there's seasonality, right? So there are some times when like, right now we're going back into the busy season where most of us have a, um, we're seeing more and more occupancy rate. So basically your occupancy rate is how much out of the month are you occupied or booked? And so when we go into spring and summertime, that's when it's, it's playtime. We can increase our prices. We know that there's going to be high demand. We did, we did just come out of the slower season in, in Raleigh where, uh, you know, there wasn't as much travel. I think there, there was talk about the Airbnb bust where essentially we saw a huge increase of people getting apartments or getting Airbnbs last year. Those who did not take the business seriously or did not know how to run an Airbnb business or short-term rental business, those ones, there were a lot of people who ended up you know, selling all their furniture, canceling their leases and chucking up the deuces during Q1 and um, at the latter part of Q4 last year. But now it's, it's go time. Like I think I'm excited for what's to come um, for the next few months, but I wouldn't say that the housing market issues affected the work that I do because everything when it comes to rental arbitrage that um, I'm doing is on the apartment side. So um, I can't necessarily speak to how the housing side of things were impacted. Well, that's good to know. I just, I, I correlated the two, but it's good to have clarity on that. And I think that the listeners would appreciate that clarity as well. What are some things that you do to differentiate your properties from other properties? Is it important for you to do things differently or special to ensure that you are satisfying a certain clientele? Yeah. So um, one thing I love to do is called competitor analysis. And it's essentially looking at what the currently existing Airbnb hosts are doing for their decorations or for their design. And then looking at, okay, I see that they're doing this, take for example, modern boho vibe. And I see that they're remaining booked and clearly like the guests in this area are loving it. So if I see that they're doing that type of design, I will think about, okay, how can I do that, but do it better? And so there is this element of differentiation, whether it be through the decor, whether it be through the amenities that are provided, or I think about like, I love hosting travel nurses and um, healthcare professionals. So how can I get high level or how can I get high end apartment complexes near our biggest um, healthcare systems out here to ensure that when someone's done with a 12-hour shift, it's just a skirt, skirt, a few minutes to get home. And then they're coming home to this beautiful, safe, and secure space. So yeah, competitive analysis is huge prior to even, you know, engaging with apartment complexes. And that will definitely set your set you up for success when it comes to being at the top of the um, SEO, um, when it comes to people being like, ooh, I want that one because of what I see with, you know, that the hero picture is what we call the first picture. So yeah, there's tons of ways to differentiate yourself and just make sure that um, you're the automatic go-to when people go to the Airbnb platform. That was really good because I um, I didn't even 
consider like the design part of it. Like it's like, oh, I'm yeah. Sure it's, yeah, I'm sure that's like a big piece of it, right? Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it when I have booked an Airbnb. We're definitely looking through the pictures, making the pictures, sure. Yes. yes, the pictures are so important. Why do you think that short-term rental would be a good option for a mompreneur or any woman that's thinking about starting a business? I think the beauty about short-term rental businesses is that I'm going to be honest, it does take work and time on the front end, like any business. But once you get under your, once you get a few units under yourself and it doesn't have to be like 10 units, right? Like you can have two to three units that are each generating about a thousand dollars in profit per month. And you can hire people to basically take care of the work in the business while you, you know, spend time with your family or you take care of whatever um, other entrepreneurial venture you are currently navigating. But I love this business because you can scale to as many as you would like and then outsource and essentially train people on how to um, ensure that your business is staying to the standard in which you aspire for it to be. So for example, for me, 10 units, I at first, not going to lie, I'm not too not ashamed about this, but I was cleaning all of those units at first. And one thing that I told myself was like, this is not going to be a forever thing. So I ended up crafting the SOPs on standard operating procedures for how each unit should be cleaned. Your housekeeping is probably one of the number one things that will either um, make or break your business. I hired a group of four house cleaners. They take care of all 10 of my units. And I hired an assistant and I wrote out SOPs for her. And that was really like, here's how you engage with, with, here's how you engage with guests. I automated all of my messaging. So when people book, they have automated message. Thank you so much for booking. For my units that require background checks, automated message for that. Day before check-in, automated message for that. The day before checkout, automated message for that. So the only time where we should be having any additional communication is if there may be an issue with the, I don't know, AC, the air conditioning is not working. Hey, apartment complex, can you please have your maintenance guy come look at the AC? I'm not touching anything. So it's definitely a thing. It's a business where you can hire people to take care of all the ins and outs. And then it becomes, I won't say it's a passive business because every business you have to navigate, okay, now we're going into the busier season. How do I ensure that my pricing is up to date and I can still, yes, stay booked, but also take advantage of the fact that the demand will be higher, which means I can increase my pricing to to stay in line with that. So business owners, like we're always, there's always stuff to do on the business, but you have an opportunity to do that instead of working in the business um, compared to, you know, one that may be more product-based where you're still having to, you know, paint all the pots or you're still having to, I don't know, ship all of the the packages <laughs> out. So. Yeah, that, that is extremely helpful. I'm really glad that you mis- mentioned SOPs. Um, someone come back from a learning and development background and now helping clients through virtual executive assistance, you would be surprised. Maybe you went and how many people don't have SOPs and it's really starting to, you know, it's about having this conversation with them about having SOPs and also like why they're important, but also getting them to start 
given the steps, like what are you doing? Once you start documenting what is going on with your business, you never know if you could sell this business or, you know, you may scale up. So you have multiple people that are coming in that need to be trained. And if you have an SOP, it just saves so much time from having to have this conversation with each and every person as you have turnover in your business. Or like I said, even if you wanted to sell it in the future. So, yeah. And it makes things so much easier, like both on the onboarding side, but also like there you can automate a majority of this business. So when you have those SOPs and you're and you've hired someone to take care of like the ins and outs, it's really a matter of like them just going through the checklist versus like them being like, hmm, I wonder what Brianne would think. And then we got to have a whole 30 minute conversation. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, the point is, is simplify and work work with ease. So absolutely. Absolutely. What is the most useful piece of advice that you receive while you are building your brand or your business? My business coach always tells me simplify your business to multiply your revenue. So when I am chaotic, running around trying to, you know, trying to scale to the next acquisition or I'm trying to I don't know. My busiest season, I had scaled to five units. I scaled from five units to 10. And I remember everything was go, go, go. And I had to simplify by hiring people to take care of um, furnishing every single one of those units because I did not have the time nor the space to do so. And what I learned was that like, when you have a system in place, it makes things a lot simpler for you to navigate, but also the people that you're hiring to navigate. And then it's like, once everything's in place, you kind of get into this place of flow where it's like, okay, cute. I remember I got my, I did that big acquisition in September and I remember September, November, December, I had like my revenue skyrocketed. I went from, I remember in like November, I think November, December timeframe is when those additional units that I acquired were actually filled up and they were actually starting to like show the revenue that came with it. And November, December, I brought in around $28,000 in revenue each month. So I went from January to June, it took me six months to make that amount of money. By the time November came around, and let me get give context. So January through June, I had two units. And it took me six months to make that $28,000. November, all 10 of my units were running and I brought in $28,000 and it, it was like, that's, that's the power of scaling. It's like, you can really, it's, it's like exponential growth in your revenue. And so there's definitely a sustainable and healthy way to do so. But when everything is, is already planned out and you have a simple strategy for that acquisition model, like it is mind-blowing I remember running those numbers and at first I was like let me run it again and like I think I did the calculations like two or three times and I was like oh my god so yeah that's the best piece of advice keep it simple oh wow that is so encouraging and inspiring I love numbers and I was like when it tells this amazing story Mm-hmm. So congratulations again. That is like Thank super you. amazing. Thank you. I know that this week was a busy week for you. And mm-hmm. I thank you again for being here. Thank I understand you. that you hosted a webinar. Was the webinar around short-term rentals and people that are interested in it? And why is it important to have webinars or info sessions to 
you know, let people know more about this industry? Yeah. So the webinar was on uh, my three-step framework for how to build a profitable Airbnb business because let's be real, we are here to make money. And so um, I, that was actually my first time ever doing a webinar. So that was two days ago. And I remember right after I was like, I understand why all of these business owners who do webinars are like parched afterwards and are just like, okay, I need to go take a breather and I'll get back to y'all in the DMs in a few hours. So it was definitely um, exhilarating. At first, I was very nervous with it being my first one, but I believe like now having done it and seeing um, the sales that have come from it, I will say that it really gives an opportunity for um, potential clients to get a sense of your coaching style your personality, and then what all is included in the offer that you're launching. So mm-hmm. up until now, I had just been doing newsletters and my business coach was like, breathe, you know, you're personable, you know, that people, you know, I talk about like, oh, you're so, you know, you're so natural on camera, blah, blah, blah. But I was scared. Like, I've, I've always been fearful of like, the camera. And so mm-hmm. she challenged me to do a webinar. and. Like, I don't know, just the, the feedback I got, the, the sales that came through, I was like, okay, we got to do this again. So I love it. I did make sure, like a lot of people say, just talk about the what and the why, but not the how. But I did go into a bit of detail about the how with mine, because I did want people to know that, like, this is the kind of clarity and this is the kind of um, progress that you will um, experience when working with me. And this is how I will navig- help you navigate the journey and, you know, get through the process of acquiring your first unit, then sustaining and then scaling to however many units your heart desires. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to hear that it went well. And I'm sure that it was definitely helpful to um, your potential clients or your future students. I just wanted to thank you again for sharing your knowledge and your experience and just your journey in starting your business with the audience. We will ensure that, you know, your contact information is in the show notes so that the listeners can definitely get in contact with you and learn more about you and your business. But I just wanted to say thank you. And I really appreciate you being on No Time to Watch TV. Yes. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you for spending this time with me and I hope you all have a great rest of your day. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at the official Timbuktu or at Kazim Enterprise. Thanks again. I'll see you next time.